Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. Okay, so I know in August I told you I was taking a vacation and that I'd be back in September. And here it is. It's October. Well, long story short, I had a lot of issues with my system. Some update happened and it screwed up everything. And I ended up, after spinning my wheels trying to do my own tech support, having to uninstall, reinstall everything, and then reset up all of my recording settings in order to get the show back on. So without any further delays, let's go ahead and get into today's episode because there is a lot to cover. A lot has happened. It's just been one dumpster fire after another, one assault on our constitutional rights after another, another attack on the country, our rights, our freedoms, our democracy. And all of these attacks are coming so fast that it's hard to really sit back, analyze it all and process it. Because by the time we are hearing about the dumpster fires, the attacks on our country, there's another one and another one. And we may get numb to it. And we may get to the point where so much is coming at us that we don't have time to just take a step back and analyze it holistically. Because incompetence can't explain the Biden administration. Even the most incompetent person could not be this bad. Instead, what is going on? The dumpster fires, the assaults on our rights and freedoms, the attacks on our democracy, and the infliction of pain on the American people. It's all intentional. A prosperous nation is hard to dominate and control because people will not give up their rights and freedoms. But if you inflict enough pain, enough suffering on the people, you can take advantage of the emotional pain, the desperation, and convince people to give up rights and freedoms in exchange for having that pain eased up. And that's what the Democrats are going for. Maximum pain and maximum suffering to try and make you desperate enough to give up your rights and your freedoms, to accept any attack on our democracy and our constitutional rights so long as it results in the government ending or at least easing up on the pain and suffering that it's inflicting. Now, you and I know that Joe Biden is an illegitimate, unconstitutionally seated president. We've covered all of the election fraud, all of the ballot fraud. We've covered the fact that the election was conducted illegally and unconstitutionally as it was done in complete violation of the laws set by the state legislatures who under the Constitution have the sole authority to determine the time, place, and manner of the election. But I bring this up because we have the audit results from Maricopa County in Arizona. And the audit results were, surprise, inconclusive. And why? Because they were not allowed access to the information, to the election data. Now, they could say, oh, we handed over the equipment. Yeah, after you deleted the data, and then, of course, you made secret backups, and then you played hide-and-seek with the backups. You know, you initially refused to cooperate with the constitutional oversight authority of the state legislatures. Then you initially were in violation of a court order, refusing to cooperate with a court order to hand over the data. And then when you could no longer stall handing over the data, you deleted it off of the equipment, made secret backups, and then tried to hide it. And you notice this is the pattern. This is the pattern everywhere, isn't it? Everywhere where the state legislature is exercising their constitutional authority, 
to exercise oversight of the election, they're being impeded and stonewalled. Now, this is not the actions of a group of people who believe they operated an open, legal, and transparent election. You would think that if Joe Biden was the legitimate, constitutionally elected president, that the left, the Democrats, would celebrate being able to humiliate people who thought otherwise by allowing access to the data that proves Joe Biden was the constitutionally legitimate president of the United States. And yet their actions are, no, 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 you cannot look at the data. You just got to trust us, despite all the irregularities, all the anomalies, despite the fact that we violated numerous laws in conducting the election, you got to trust us and don't you dare look at the data. Oh, you want to look at it? Okay, let us first put it in this vault, lock the door, shut the blinds on all the windows, shut the doors leading to the room to the vault, and then surround it with an electric fence. They are operating in complete and total darkness, blocking any transparency, even though over half the country questions the legitimacy of the election result. You know, in a democracy, you have to have faith in the legitimacy of the election. And when that legitimacy is questioned, be ready to provide the data and evidence that proves the legitimacy of it. Because if people no longer have faith in the outcome of elections, democracy falls. And the Democrats, who have a history of election fraud, a history of criminal activity, wants you to just trust them, despite all the evidence to the contrary that has come out. Now, there is also another issue here where we take a look at the January 6th Capitol riots and the left trying to label them insurrectionists. Well, insurrectionists, isn't that kind of a dependent label? I mean, wouldn't Joe Biden have to be the legitimate constitutionally elected president for that to be an insurrection? Because if Joe Biden is illegitimate and unconstitutionally seated in the White House, then people storming the Capitol during the process to have him seated, wouldn't they actually be patriots who defended the democracy and the constitutional republic who were defending the Constitution? And yet, if Joe Biden was legitimate, then yeah, they would be insurrectionists, or at least you can make the case for it. So this whole label of insurrection really depends on the legitimacy of Joe Biden, to which an audit would help clear that up, wouldn't it? And not trying to hide all the data and all of the election information, you know, not trying to operate elections in complete secrecy and not try to stonewall or block the legitimate oversight of the state legislatures under the Constitution. Just think about that for a moment, because when you get down to it, you can't claim a group of people to be insurrectionists if you are unable to show with facts, data, and evidence that the person seated in the White House was done so constitutionally. Now, as we look to the midterms, here's what we need to see. We need to see every Republican hoping to get elected to be running on the platform of impeaching, of impeachment, not just Biden, but of Harris as well. And if the fact that they were unconstitutionally installed in the White House is not enough for impeachment, or maybe you would disagree 
with me on the illegitimacy of Joe Biden, okay, maybe you do disagree, then surely all of the crimes that he has already committed while in office is worthy of impeachment. After all, the Democrats, with absolutely zero basis, zero evidence, used the FBI to target President Trump, got a special counsel to investigate him endlessly with no basis, impeached him twice with no basis. So why is it that we wouldn't be able to go off and demand that Joe Biden be impeached for all the crimes that he has already committed? Crimes that he has committed not only as president, but as vice president in the Obama administration, some of which he has even bragged about on camera. Why wouldn't you be able to do so? And so my message is every Republican that wants my vote must commit and promise to be going for impeachment of Biden and Harris in 2022. Now, of course, when you take a look at Biden, Biden says, you know, his campaign promise was to build back better. But what was he building back better? He never defined what he was going to build back better. And by his actions, we can certainly come to the conclusion that he didn't mean build back the United States better because he is not. He is destroying the country in every way possible. So let's take a look at what he's built back better. He's built back the drug cartels and human traffickers stronger than ever before. They're stronger, more prosperous than they have been in a long time. So he's built back the drug cartels and the human traffickers. He uh, he's certainly built back the Taliban better than before. He built them back stronger, gave them back an entire country, billions of dollars worth of military equipment and weaponry, and even gave them hostages to use as shields against any possible action. So yeah, he built back the Taliban. He's building back the death to America crowd in Iran, giving them billions of dollars in sanctions relief and giving them the ability to build up their nuclear program with which to attack us and carry out their dreams of death to America. He has been building back the criminals, the drug lords, and the murderous tyrants back stronger than they were before. That's what he meant by build back better. Build back everybody who hates America while simultaneously working to weaken our country. He has gone through and he has violated U.S. immigration laws with his open border policy as he has sided with, with those who seek to invade the country. An invasion doesn't mean armed invasion. It just means massive amounts of group uh, or massive um, amounts of people coming to our country in violation of our laws to take our territory and demand that we give them stuff. So think about this. You've had millions of people illegally enter the country. Biden is not only allowing them in the country, but he is transporting them around the country. Now, these are people who are also uh, infected with COVID. And then is it any wonder as he transports them to certain areas of the country, there is a surge of COVID cases in those areas. And then he seeks to blame Republicans for a surge in COVID cases that result from him opening up the borders and transporting COVID-positive people 
around the country. So not only has he violated our immigration laws, just completely broke them, and engaging in open border policies, he's not only aiding and, embed and abetting those who are illegally crossing our borders, but he has put the country in danger by transporting those infected with COVID throughout the country. How many Americans have died as a result of Joe Biden's actions at this point? Now, I understand not all illegal immigrants are criminals and murderers, other than the fact that they crossed our borders illegally, but there is a percentage who are. And so let's say you have a million people crossing our borders illegally. 1% of them may be cr violent criminals. Think about that. 1% of a million people, how many violent criminals then make it across the border that then can murder American citizens? And how many COVID-infected people have come across the border and just been transported to areas of the country? How many people have died as a result of Joe Biden's open border policy and his aiding and abetting and illegal immigrants throughout the United States? We would call this treason. Treason. Remember? I mean, he was supposed to have taken the oath to defend the country from threats, both foreign and domestic, and yet Joe Biden is the biggest threat to the country because he sides with everybody who hates the country and his open border policies, which allows for a mass invasion of the United States, which he is wholeheartedly supporting because he's believing that he's importing voters for the Democrat Party because you won't vote for him. So we got a mass invasion of people who demand that we give them you know, land to live on, housing, that we give them money, and he's siding with them. What else would you call that? Now, they don't need to be armed because they know that with a Democrat in office, they'll just, get, they'll just roll over to all the demands without having to be armed for it. And people continue to die as a result of Joe Biden's actions. Is it any wonder that the latest release of information and data shows that more people have died from COVID under Joe Biden than did under President Trump. And if we take a look at this point in time, what, there was the same amount of time that has passed, and yet more people have died under Biden as a result of his decisions? I mean, there's going to be more on that. I mean, think about this. Joe Biden has also withheld medical treatment to COVID patients effective medical life-saving treatments to punish them for not getting uh, the vaccine, which by the way, well, <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll get into that, you know, as well, which by the way, they are hiding what's in the vaccine from us. As we have found out from Project Veritas, that they are using aborted fetal tissue in the vaccines. Think about this. They want Joe Biden, because of all the dumpster fires, have decided that he is going to violate the Constitution and violate your rights trying to illegally and unconstitutionally implement a vaccine mandate. He wants to for the government to be able to force you to inject your body with a substance, and they don't want you to know what's in it. They don't want you to know what's in the vaccine to make an informed decision. Why is that? Because part of what's in some of these vaccines is tissue from aborted fetuses. Yes, slaughtering children in places like Planned Parenthood, putting them into a so-called vaccine, and then demanding that you inject yourself with it. 
You see how it goes, just like with the election, the Democrats try to hide what's happening from you. They try to keep you as uninformed as possible, and it is sickening what they are doing. And is it any wonder, any wonder why gun sales are setting new records almost every single month since Biden has taken office? Every single month, as Biden has become more corrupt and more tyrannical, people feel that the country is on the verge of collapsing. People feel that uh, there's a civil war coming. People are starting to feel that. I mean, you start wondering when you take a look at history, and let's take a look at the American Revolution. Before the first shot was fired, how did that feel to the people living there? As tensions were rising and growing, did people have a sense that a revolution was coming and how much in advance it was? When you take a look at the first civil war, right? What was the feeling and general mood in the country in the months leading up to the civil war? Now, I don't know the answer to that. I wasn't there. So I don't know what the general mood was, how people felt as everything was leading up. I can read documents and books and all of that related to the events that happened, but it's very hard to capture the emotion, the instinct, the feeling of what's coming. And so all I can do is just take a look at the massive increases in gun sales, the massive increases in sales of ammo as Joe Biden becomes increasingly corrupt and tyrannical, believing he now even has the authority to demand that you take an injection without knowing what you're being injected with. It's really, it's unbelievable what is all going on. I mean, here's a guy who's already confessed on camera, bragging on camera to mass corruption, to using his position in office and taxpayer dollars to get prosecutors fired in other countries looking in to the companies in which his son sits on the board of. So what's what is the next step? If we don't have free, fair, transparent elections, if we no longer have faith and the legitimacy and constitutionality of the person sitting in the White House, who is becoming increasingly tyrannical, right? If all of that's going on, and you see the massive increases in gun sales, you start wondering, how much longer is the Constitutional Republic going to stand? Are people going to rise up and fight to keep their liberties and freedom? Or are we going to descend into tyranny? And as you go through and take a look at all of this, you also hear People like Biden, Justin Trudeau, and other liberal leaders around the world using the phrase New World Order that they are ushering in, or this is a great time for building the New World Order. It's not a New World Order that they're going for. It's the Old World Order. The Old World Order where you had classes of citizens, where only the ruling class had any say in anything, and you peasants... You only existed to serve the ruling class. That's what they are working towards. Going back, turning the clock back to before 1776. And let's go ahead and take a look here for just a moment at a lot of the news and headlines that have come out just in the last two months. Right? I won't go into great detail over most of them, but let's just go ahead and examine them. 
Uh, Biden administration from the Daily Wire uh, blocking flights carrying dozens of Americans and green card holders from coming to the U.S. Yes. So after abandoning Americans and green card holders in Afghanistan, after they had gone through, handed the country back to the Taliban with billions of dollars of military weapons and equipment, they stranded Americans in Afghanistan so that the Taliban would have hostages. And when private organizations went in to rescue Americans, Biden's administration blocked their flights to the United States. And yet, while he was blocking Americans from being able to come home after abandoning them, what does he do? He opens the border so it is easier to get into the country illegally as an illegal immigrant than it is as an American citizen trying to get home after being abandoned in Afghanistan. Think about that for a moment. Even after you get out of Afghanistan, it is easier under Biden to come to the country illegally than it is for an American citizen to come home. Interesting. Let's see here. We also have the Biden administration caught colluding to silence Americans' parents. And Saki dodges questions about White House, of, you know, if the White House believes parents opposed to CRT are domestic terrorists. That's right. So all the parents going to the school boards, outrage that the schools, instead of educating kids, are teaching kids to hate each other, are teaching kids to be racist, are indoctrinating them with a bunch of insane, crazy bullcrap, having child pornography in the school library, right? Parents showing up at the school boards, outraged by this. And the school board's telling the parents, shut up, you don't have a say in what we teach your kids. Shut up, you're not allowed to talk about what we teach your kids. And now, Biden and his administration are looking at this, trying to use the FBI, are looking at ways for the FBI to intimidate and silence parents, trying to label parents domestic terrorists for showing up to a public meeting, signing up to speak, waiting their turn to speak, and then when it's their turn, going to a podium where there's a microphone and talking about their concerns and outrage over what the school is forcing on their kids. And that's domestic terrorism. But you ask the same administration about Antifa and Black Lives Matter burning down federal buildings, burning down entire neighborhoods, police stations with cops still in them. And they go, no, 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 that's protesting. But if you're a parent showing up at a school board, waiting for your turn to speak, and when it's your turn, speaking out against the school board for what they are teaching, you're a domestic terrorist. And think about the way the school boards are acting. How many times they have ran out of the school board meeting, shut it down quickly because they didn't like what the parents had to say. That the school board, when being read, the materials being taught to their kids would silence the speaker saying, hey, there are children in this room that's inappropriate. So let me get this straight. It's okay for teachers to say it in a classroom where the teacher is the only adult and the other 30 people are children. It's okay for the teachers to say that. But if you read exactly what the teachers are saying to the kids, to the school board, 
well, then what you are saying is inappropriate because there are children in the room. See, again, just like with the election, just like with the COVID-19 vaccines, the Democrats do not like you knowing what they are doing. They operate in secrecy and darkness, and they have to silence you and shut you down the moment you start exposing what they are doing. And these are supposed to be public educators. Now, we all know that the public school system is no longer a place of education. It is indoctrination. It's like Hitler youth camps anymore. But yes, they are even going as far as Democrat Virginia governor's candidate saying parents should not have any say in what their children are being taught. So let me get this straight. Parents elect the school board, right? The members of the community go out and they vote for who should be on the school board. And then if that school board decides they're going to teach stuff that the parents disagree with, the parents are not allowed to have a say in what is being taught to their children by those that they had elected to the school board. And that if the parents read the teaching materials to the school board, the school board's response is, you can't say that here. There are children and it's inappropriate. I mean, this is unbelievable. Now, of course, also in the past two months, we find out that European leaders are now urging a shift in course away from uh, reliance on the U.S. as they have now stated that the that the U.S. alliance is unstable. You know, the U.S. relations have deteriorated under Biden with Europe. And Europe is now stating that, you know, ever since Biden took office, that they can't count on the United States anymore. They can't depend on the United States, which in some ways, I guess, you know, yay Europe, you know, you, you are, have your own form of democracy, although you're not so much focused on liberty and freedom. You're, you know, pretty tyrannical over there. But yes, you know what? You should vote in your own best interest, just like we in the United States should vote for our own best interest. But it's amazing to see how much the relationship between uh, America and Europe has deteriorated under Biden. And I bring this up because think about this. Biden has been abandoning our allies, abandoning democracies around the world while working to support murderous authoritarian tyrants who want to kill us, by the way, which goes to show what the Democrats really are about. Not that we need any reminders. And then we also see here, man dies from COVID-19 after a hospital rejects court order for ivermectin. So here it is. We have another situation here where life-saving treatment was withheld from somebody because the Democrats don't like their political views on something or because the person didn't want to take an injection, not knowing what he was being injected with or what the long-term side effects were. Now, we have seen study after study of side effects now from COVID-19. Children getting uh, heart complications as a result of being injected with COVID-19, as well as some adults. Thanks to Project Veritas also exposing some of the things that they have put into the vaccine, which is very disturbing. We also find out that they have continued to lie to us about COVID-19, that they have falsified the COVID-19 data, 
as far as infections and death rates and all that, and that they know that they are falsifying the records and that it is intentional that they are falsifying the records. We know that they are deliberately withholding life-saving treatment that they know is effective life-saving treatment just because of their political views. This is sickening. You either bow to Biden or die. That is the views of the Biden administration and the Democrats as a whole. In fact, that's their view on everything. Bow to the Democrats or die. That's not a democracy. <sighs> and they're also going off and saying, police should have to choose between vaccination and their pensions, says a former Obama official. So yes, you know, the defund the police movement now trying to go off and saying, hey, I got it. If you don't take a vaccine, you'll be fired from the police force. That's how we'll defund the police. And yet you're not allowed to know what's in it that you're being injected with. And by the way, it was uh, Nordic countries that paused the use of Moderna because of uh, a link between the Moderna vaccine and heart inflation in young people. Okay, so now we have another situation here that has come out. So justice devolves into vengeance in the Derek Chauvin case as Minnesota Supreme Court denies Derek Chauvin legal counsel for his appeal. All right, so let's think about this for a moment here. All right, so as you know, Derek Chauvin, who was wrongfully convicted of a murder he did not commit, is now having his constitutional rights violated, right? Because think about it. You have a constitutional right to legal counsel, but he's being denied for politics. His sentence was out of politics. They charged him knowing that the charges were phony. The judge uh, in the case refused to allow the medical examiner's report to be admitted as evidence because the medical examiner report shows that George Floyd died of a drug overdose, not from anything Officer Chauvin did. So they denied critical medical evidence in the case. And then you had a jury who were threatened and intimidated, who feared for their lives should they come back with anything short of a guilty plea which is, by the way, jury tampering, by the way. So we have an entire fraudulent case here. False charges, critical evidence being refused admittance, and a jury rendering a decision out of fear for their lives should they come back with anything else. And now the Minnesota Supreme Court is denying the constitutional right to legal counsel for his appeal for a wrongful conviction because he is a sacrificial lamb. He is a political prisoner. Now, you can talk about whether or not maybe he used excessive force, but when you take a look at the entire video, that claim uh, becomes very hard to make. But we're not supposed to have political prosecutions in this country, and yet that's exactly what this is. And at the same time that this is going on, what do we see happening? Texas shooter released very next day on a $75,000 bond. That's right. So if you are a white cop who has the unfortunate luck of having a black person die of a drug overdose while you are arresting him, you're going to go to prison. You're going to be persecuted, prosecuted for politics. But if you're a black shooter, and you go out there and shoot up your school, 
then because of the color of your skin, you're going to be released with almost no consequences whatsoever. That now you get a free pass on mass murder, mass shootings, just for the color of your skin. And we see this as the Democrats want to try and carry out what they call police reform, which is the laws only apply to those who don't identify their allegiance to the Democrat Party, the two-tiered justice system. And now we see in other areas where they release a bunch of criminals from prison, you know, citing, you know, social justice, or they go through and they now repeal laws like um, shoplifting, no longer illegal in certain areas of the country. And it's, um, and surprise, surprise, criminal activity, theft, murder, and so on skyrockets as the Democrats continue to engage in this. But I think it's interesting that a mass shooter gets released from jail the next day on just a $75,000 bond while an officer gets falsely convicted and constitutional rights railroaded and in anything but fair trial. And the Democrats are cheering this because it creates anarchy and chaos. It creates pain and suffering that they feel they can take advantage of to manipulate you into giving up your rights, your liberties, your freedoms. And then, of course, the Democrats doing what they always do because their arguments never hold up under scrutiny, right? All the facts, data, and evidence are almost always against the Democrats in every way, shape, or form. So what do the Democrats do? Censorship. You're not allowed to talk about the legitimacy of the election. You know, that will be banned from all social media platforms and from Google searches because you're not allowed to talk about that. And regardless of the evidence, you're not allowed to question the vaccine. You know, that's medical misinformation, doctors that don't go along with the established scientific community, which I will bring up a little bit more here in just a moment. You're not allowed to talk about that. If you try, you will be censored and banned. Well, Google is out there now saying that they are banning ads with inaccurate content on climate change. And what does that mean? It means that if you disagree with the fossil fuels, man-made climate change claims, you're not allowed to run ads anymore. And they're calling it misinformation. See, it doesn't matter that all of the facts, data, and evidence are always against the Democrats, always debunks what the Democrats claim. They just, declaim, they just declare all facts, data, and evidence as misinformation and that they are banning it, you know, be, you know, for accuracy purposes as misinformation, you know, and that they are going to censor the accounts and pages of anybody who posts such information you know, saying that they're, they're not producing quality content. Because don't you know there is a scientific consensus about climate change, and you can't disagree with the scientific consensus. First off, there really isn't a scientific consensus. You know, the vast majority of climate uh, research doesn't actually attribute a cause to the climate change. They just lump it in as m into the research that does attribute as man-made in order to get their 97 or 99% consensus. But I want to talk a little bit here as I'm preparing to wrap up this show about the scientific consensus. 
And yeah, I know I'm going to be missing out on uh, another headline here where a teacher was ordered to take down political thin blue line flag honoring her brother, a former cop, but Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ symbols are just fine. They're not political at all. (sighs) What utter fraud and nonsense. But in any event, getting in onto this idea that you cannot challenge the scientific consensus and that if you do, that is misinformation. And as such, it needs to be censored and removed because such misinformation is dangerous because climate change is a global threat and it's being caused by man-made issues. Okay, I want to... I want to bring up some names here for you. You know, some historical names to try and make my point here. Names like, say, Sir Isaac Newton, Galileo, Nicholas Copernicus, Aristotle. Now, why do I bring up these names? Because these are the names of people that challenged the scientific consensus, who were ridiculed for their scientific claims by the scientific community and who all turned out to be correct. I know I've pointed this out in previous episodes that I have switched to homeschooling my kids. You know, I I don't trust the public education system. They've been turned into indoctrination camps, and they're horrible. They were just the things that the kids were coming home trying to claim, you know, that they were being taught by their teacher was very disturbing. And so we switched to homeschooling. And one of the things that we cover in homeschool is history. And it's amazing how many times in history the so-called scientific consensus proved to be wrong. I mean, at one point in time, the scientific consensus was that the world was flat. And the person that came about and said, no, 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 the world was round, was ridiculed by the scientific community, ostracized, was mocked by the scientific community. There was a time when the scientific community had a consensus that the earth was the center of the universe and that the sun and the planets and the stars all orbited around the earth. And then you had people like Copernicus come through and go, no, 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 no. Actually, it's the sun at the center of our solar system, and we orbit around the sun while our planet is spinning, giving the illusion that the sun is orbiting us. And Copernicus, or Copernicus was mocked and ridiculed by the scientific community. You had Galileo, go through and um, talk about how all, you know, the spectrum of light, that the light that we see has all the colors and set up a prism experiment, you know, using a prism to refract the light to show all the different colors and then set up another prism that refracted it into one beam of light. And yet, at the time, he was mocked and ridiculed by the idea that the colors we see are just not necessarily because the items are really of that color, but that that's because that is the part of the light spectrum that is being reflected off of that item. He was ridiculed for it. Now we know that you know light, as we see it, does include a bunch of different colors of the spectrum, and that it is what part of that spectrum is being refracted or reflected off of an item that allows us or how we perceive color. I mean, heck, there was a time when the scientific community believed that we saw because light was coming out of our eyes 
instead of our eyes receiving light reflected off of other objects. And so history is full of those who challenge the scientific consensus and were proven right and that the scientific consensus was wrong. And when we look at the idea of a scientific consensus, there are three possibilities. One, something is actually true and scientific fact that is provable, verifiable. Two, some person, for whatever reason, made a fraudulent claim and kept repeating it loud enough, long enough, often enough that the rest of the scientific community, whether out of laziness or indoctrination, just accepted it without ever taking the time to verify it. Or three, and if we were to give the scientific community credit, this is the most plausible, that it's out of ignorance and lack of technological capabilities to fully study an issue that leads to a fraudulent or false claim, a false consensus. I mean, think about this. When you took a look at history and you saw that people once thought the earth was flat, why is that? Because visually, the earth did look flat to them. They didn't have the capabilities such as a space station, space shuttles, satellites, in order to view the earth from a greater distance to see what its true shape was. The scientific consensus that the earth was at the center of the solar system, our galaxy, and that the sun and everything orbited the earth was that due to intentional fraud or due to the fact that they were limited to only what they could visually see out of their own eyes and lacked the technological capabilities to be able to see how it truly was. I mean, even before satellites, what led to the discovery that it was the sun at the center of our solar system with the planets orbiting the sun, creating a powerful and accurate enough telescope. So a scientific consensus doesn't mean it's verified fact. And when you take a look at climate change that Google wants to ban any inaccurate content on, content that contradicts the scientific consensus or their claimed scientific consensus, when we see that, it's not in order to prevent inaccuracy, it's actually going through and discouraging any further development in our understanding of the climate. And when you take a look at the current climate change you know, research, it doesn't add up. Not only have they failed to prove a causal relationship between fossil fuels and climate change, they can't even provide a correlation between it. And yet we're not allowed to question it just like we're not allowed to question the integrity of the election results, just like we're not allowed to know what's in the vaccines that they want to inject us with, and just like so many other things in which they just demand that we accept what they say despite the evidence or without evidence. But so long as government is only willing to fund climate research, with the predetermined result of fossil fuel man-made climate change, as long as that's the only way in which the government will provide funding, of course, scientists not wanting to starve are going to try and manipulate the data to the predetermined conclusion in order to keep the funding going. As long as the situation is anybody who disagrees with the scientific consensus will have their careers destroyed advancements in research 
understanding and getting more accurate, truthful information will never happen. The left's actions are all designed to prohibit and limit our understanding of what's actually going on. Now, if I were developing an idea that man is having an impact on the climate and causing the climate to change beyond that of normal climate change, fossil fuels would not be my likely subject, especially since 100% of the scientific projections, claims over, cl over what the climate will be in 10 years has been wrong. I mean, at some point, you got to wonder, why is it 100% of their predictions have been wrong? And yet we're not allowed to question it. And questioning it is inaccurate or misinformation. They haven't gotten anything right, but they're going to continue to pursue it so long as that's the only means by which they will be allowed funding. Now, I have a different idea as far as what could be causing climate change and I've provided that before, but this all goes along the same path that the Democrats can't actually back up their claims, their statements. So when inconvenient facts come out, they label it misinformation without evidence and then engage in censorship and blocking you from being able to view the data, the science, the evidence, because the Democrats stranglehold on power is based on keeping you in the dark keeping you uninformed, operating in secrecy, out of the light. That's how the Democrats operate. And if you go up against it enough, they will use even the power of government to silence you, to shut you up. How dare you question the Democrat narrative? And so I leave you with this. If the Democrats had any real faith in the accuracy and honesty of their claims and the truthfulness of what they say, then why do they spend so much time blocking debate, blocking evidence, and using violence and bullying tactics to shut anybody up? If they are so unquestionably right, why can't their arguments stand up to scrutiny? I think that's a valid question. All right, so that's it uh, for this episode. I'd like to thank you so much for listening in. Now, tomorrow, I, or tomorrow or whenever uh, I'm able to get everything fully resolved, I'll probably be set up on my uh, newer system here. And so we'll see what the quality is like. Right? I, I'm hopeful, but if the quality, uh, as far as audio-wise, is not up to par, you know, just relax. I will probably ditch that system. You know, I'm kind of questioning it and I'll go back to this system. All right. So thank you so much for listening in and I will be back again soon.